Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Relevant Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm your host, Jamie Montrum, and it's Redskins Chiefs Overreactions time. Here to join the party from the city paper, it's Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. What a party it is. How you doing, Jamie? I'm super fired up about what I think has to be considered a very good loss. Uh, yeah, I see. Here's the thing. Uh, right off the bat, let me say, everybody's like, oh, there ain't no moral victories in football. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's no moral victories in the standings, but there's bad losses and good losses. There's hard fought losses to a, a team that may be better. I, I mean, like, I, I really object to that. There's no moral victories in football. So let, let yeah. me get that right out there in the open. Yeah. I mean, a win would have been better. Like an actual victory would have been better, but on the spectrum of like outcomes for this game, I feel like we're very easily on like the positive end of that spectrum. Yes. Agreed. I, th- that may be a better way of putting it, but I, I have very few uh, like like uh, complaints. I'm obviously disappointed, uh, you know, but but I have well, I will get to them. I'm sure I'll find plenty of complaints once we get going. But in the abstract, I have very few complaints. Okay, so the format for these things, if you haven't figured this out by now, is we go uh, through the offense, then the defense, then specials, then coaching, then we usually talk about Dean Blandino for a while. Uh, today's pod will probably be shorter than the typical than your standard fare uh because life life all right offense we always start with kirk cousins how do you think kirk did last night i thought he did great i thought he played a terrific game um i thought in fact the announcers were being hard on him i don't know if this should go here or in the later media and other section but do you find it weird that like when john gruden talks about a player on the redskins and especially a crucial player like kirk cousins like you feel like it's just a little more significant. Like maybe, yes. maybe he knows something, you know, did yes. you get that? Yes. Well, I mean, first of all, just because they're brothers doesn't mean they talk. I don't talk to my brothers. They, I mean, I, they, they listen to the podcast and we text. <laughs> but, well, that's like, that's like talking. I don't have any brothers. So it's all just a giant mystery to me. Um, there was a really loaded comment that John Gruden made in like the second quarter. And I didn't listen to the whole broadcast cause I was, I had a friend over and we were mostly just listening to, to Tom Petty cuts uh, just like deep petty, um, but there was a, there was a Gruden there was a Gruden comment in like the second quarter maybe when the Redskins it was like kind of a point in the game where the Redskins were stalling a little bit and they kind of needed to sustain a drive and he said something like Cousins isn't giving them like anything extra tonight like he's not making any anything additional happen and I can't remember the exact phrasing, but the, I think the, it was no plus plays or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And yeah. it just sounded to me like he, what he was basically saying is like, you know, whatever success, whatever progress they're making is because of everyone else on the field and the plays that are being called and cousins right. isn't giving you anything extra. And I thought that was like a pretty heavy comment for the head coach's brother to be making on Monday Night Football. Right. And the head coach's brother and the, uh, he's the strength, the assistant strength coach's father, right? Deuce. Deuce Gruden. Deuce. Right. Did you see what the Chiron for Deuce Gruden said? <laughs> Meat, meatball. It said, it said Jay Gruden's nephew. I was like, uh, oh, okay, sure. All right, guys. That's cool. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, so I thought the Cousins wound up giving him plus plays. I think that if you have a quarterback who's not giving you any plus plays, what that means is he's making all the right decisions and he's putting the ball where it needs to be, when it's supposed to be there. Uh, and then if you've got a good enough uh, coaching staff and supporting cast, you should be A-OK. I was pleased with Cousins. I thought he earned his money. Uh, I thought he earned it more with the runs later, yes, at which point 
uh, John Gruden did start yapping about like, oh, there's a plus play from Kirk Cousins. Uh-huh, so I, uh-huh. I call this guy the adder. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, yeah, th- th- he, he made a couple like first down runs at, in the uh, kind of crucial moments down the, down the uh, stretch. I mean, his numbers are fine. He didn't throw any picks. He made some nice throws. I thought Cousins overall was like good Cousins. It wasn't like, you know, great Cousins from last week. I mean, the numbers weren't crazy. I thought it was interesting. Like Alex Smith is a guy that I tend to compare Cousins to a lot because I think they're in the same level of quarterbacks, you know, like kind of in that middle tier of NFL starting quarterbacks. And the Chiefs are a good example of like what the Redskins could be with Cousins. You know, people talk about how he's not, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Cousins. I don't know, maybe. I mean, only one team gets to win a Super Bowl every year at a 32. The Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender with Alex Smith because they've surrounded him with a good running game, good offensive line, weapons uh, in the receiving core, good defense. And I feel like that's what the Redskins could be with Cousins, too. I thought, I kept having a similar thought throughout the game. I thought these teams looked really similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, the Chiefs are obviously um, farther along than the Redskins, and I think they have more talent um, than the Redskins do uh, at, at certain skill positions. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think there's a lot of similarities there, and I totally agree that uh, Alex Smith, the year he's having this year, is probably uh, pretty similar to what your best-case scenario Cousins year would look like. Yeah, and it, it's, Smith is having a surprisingly good year. I don't mean to like downplay Alex Smith, because I'm talking more about like what he's been historically. Right now, his numbers are pretty crazy. A, d- a key difference between the two is that the Chiefs have a consistently excellent running game. Uh, Kareem Hunt had like a modest game by his standards. 21 carries, 101 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, the Redskins' leading rusher was Kirk Cousins <laughs> with 38 yards. Um, what is going on with the run game? Like, It just seemed it was all around ineffective last night. Um, it was, well, I mean, Kelly got injured again. What was it? An ankle this time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. they, I guess they had, uh, Chris Thompson bottled up pretty well. Um, you know, which, okay, fine. Although very quiet the, night for the Chris army knife. Yeah. I mean, the way he's been playing the last few weeks, you wonder if, if maybe would have made more sense to try to like force some plays, run the offense deliberately through him. And then I thought actually P Ryan looked better to me than he's looked in any of his other pro appearances so maybe he's improving Pirine, yeah i don't i mean it sounds like Pirine's in the doghouse well the fumbling is a problem and the the specific fumble was just a, a, an abomination but when he did actually manage to control the handoff i thought he was more decisive than was less dancing behind the line mm-hmm. he was finding little gaps he was uh, you could see in there somewhere uh in nfl running back maybe Sounds promising. There was I, feel, I don't know if it was on the broadcast or on Twitter. I was like in a deep, a deep petty state at the moment. Um, but I thought I saw some Matt Jones comparisons with P. Ryan. Like he's in Matt Jones land now. He's in he's in the sunken place. Uh, the, yeah, the sunken place is right. And we better hope he's not in Matt Jones land because these days I believe that's the Colts practice squad. Oh, that that's his, that's like the last rung of the NFL that you could be hanging on to at this, <laughs> in 2017. The Colts practice squad. Yes. Um, after that, I think you're just like hosting a podcast or something. Um, all right, rece- receiving court. There's a lot happening uh, last night, uh, especially with Pryor and Doxon. So I guess we should start there. The Pryor touchdown was magnificent. <laughs> Yeah, the prior touchdown was magnificent, but I was 
beyond furious. I like if I had to assign one play to what lost, uh, what turned the game and ultimately lost it. It was the uh, prior short arm on the slant where he uh, sort of just kind of declined to catch a well-thrown ball and ended yeah. the drive. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that at all. That was pretty, that was pretty um, striking because it's like, here's a guy who, you know, like a lot of the talk is about how he's this like incredible, like physical specimen with a huge catch radius and whatever that ball was like a foot off his body and he got like his fingertips on it. Yeah. Let me see where we were there. That was with like five minutes left in the, in the, was it a third down? It was a third down on what wound up being a three and out in the second quarter. Um, and the, it, it it's what gave the ball back to the chiefs to score a touchdown uh, with like two minutes left in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, Pryor just catches that ball for the first down and the the offense manages to carve out three or four more plays and don't score. You've eaten clock. You've rested the defense. I think everything is different to me. That is the play where the game turned. And I like that. I I blame if I had to choose a goat or whatever we want to call it, Mm -hmm. I'm actually picking Pryor, not Doxon, not P Ryan, but that prior play really disappointed me. Um, the time of possession was, was a big factor in this game. <laughs> yes. like, like the game started great. The Redskins come out, got it to 10, nothing like their skins won the first quarter quarters, two, three, and like a lot of quarter, the fourth quarter were like, just the chiefs had the ball. That was pretty much the game. Uh, it was, uh, and the defense, what they came out with was mainly energy. So that, that time of possession thing is a real killer. If you're relying mm-hmm. on like a high energy defense, I, that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was really a problem. And I'm like, now that we're talking about it, I'm still angry at Pryor. Like, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm so cranky about this. I'm having such the stereotypical overreaction about this. I mean, I like that he made a play. Like, I mean, the rest of the game, he kind of, you know, he had the drop and he kind of disappeared. But he finally made a play. It was kind of like Doxon last week. You know what I mean? Like that, that uh, touchdown catch that he had, it was like uh, incredible. You know, we've been waiting for that moment and it happened. Okay, this week, Doxon really had a moment teed up. I mean, more or less a game-winning touchdown that he, you know, reached up, caught at the, at, you know, at its height above the mm-hmm. corner, back mm-hmm. of the end zone, kind of like twisted and fell to the ground like a, like a snowflake. It just happened in slow motion <laughs> and hits the ground, like still has the ball for a moment. And as he's like rolling over, it just kind of comes out. And it was clearly not a catch. There's no like, you know, I'm not saying it was like, oh, that was a catch. But it just seemed like a catch in the moment until like a, d- a delayed moment where it, where you realized, oh, yeah, they're just going to have to kick a field goal here to tie it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I would say it didn't seem like a catch. On instant replay, I thought you could have made an argument that it, it looks like a catch, but then you're into the sort of weird existential question of what a catch actually is. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't blame Doxon for that. He made a great play on a great but tough to catch ball, and he he just he lost it on the ground. I don't. I, I'm fine with it. I, I don't. It was I beautiful. Doxon's game. I thought Doxon showed that like, oh, he can catch anything. Thing that we were hearing from people who were really excited about him in training camp. I thought we saw some of that. He's continuing to improve. I'm okay with him. I have no no beef. I mean, that was a beautiful catch and like a glimpse at what this guy can do. Um, you can't blame him for dropping the ball. I just can't really understand how he dropped the ball. Like, I know the ground knocked it out, but like you're a receiver, you expect to like land on the ground and you want to like, you know, secure the ball. I, I, see- I, it was hard. It was hard looking at it. I'm like, how, how did that thing pop out? 
Well, did you see on his that like it got like no talk, but on his first, I think it was his first catch on the first drive, um, he made a first down catch on second down, and managed to protect the ball. It was a low catch. He got one hand under it and then mm-hmm. switched it to the other hand in the process mm-hmm. uh, and made a clean catch. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. impressive, mm-hmm. but nobody cares because it was an eight-yard catch for uh, <laughs> a first down, uh, which admittedly set up a touchdown on the next play. But, like, he can do it. I'm, I'm much more relieved about him. And you'll remember I was super skeptical yeah. about him coming yeah. out of the starter. But uh, I feel much better about him right now than I do about Pryor. I don't think Pryor yeah. – uh, like, I'm not comfortable when Pryor – is the target on a play at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was another kind of insignificant, but really nice catch that Doxon made. And I, I, it was notable because ESPN before the snap, like during the live play went to a camera angle that was in the backfield, like behind cousins, like field level. And it was the perfect vantage point for the throw, which was like a medium, like a mid range out to the left that Doxon dove and like somehow caught it, like just off the ground. And I was like, that was a risky move by the production. But like if for any other play, that would have been like a terrible angle. <laughs> you know, like you would be like, what is, what is going on in the field right now? But instead yeah. it was like, this was like a awesome quarterback's eye view of this really nice play. Uh, Which but, again, makes you wonder if, uh, if, if they have some more clue of what's coming up for the skins than they do for other teams. <laughs> good, good point. Uh, elsewhere in the receiving core, uh, Vernon Davis, we talked a lot about him last week and how he found the fountain of youth. Uh, oh my two, god! Two catches, eighty-nine yards, including a sixty-nine yarder that uh, I've checked. I've checked the uh, logs on this. It was the longest play in NFL history, just in terms of duration of time. Uh, it was like <laughs> a thirty-seven second jaunt down the field. It was. It was. That was a thing to behold, man. I like. Mm-hmm. I, I um. I was excited to see that. He's he's somebody that you enjoy seeing play. And and I'm. How are you feeling about Jordan Reed right now? Like I worry about Jordan Reed a lot. Yeah, uh, I do. It's like, you know, I worry about, you know, my kids and their broken limbs. Um, and then Jordan Reed is like number two. He's the second thing that keeps him up at night. He had three catches, 21 yards. I don't know how much he was on the field last night. Like, it just felt it was not much of a factor. Well, he didn't he get dinged at some point? Was he, did he have a fumble that got overturned? Am I oh, oh yeah. He, he caught a ball in the red zone. And like as he was falling down he got stuck like helmet on the ball and fumbled but his knee was down yeah yeah um so so i wonder if something happened there he was dealing with injuries all week i just i worry like i feel he's so good but it's like you just don't know how long anything can last i don't know Mm -hmm. uh jameson crowder one catch negative seven yards what the fuck's going on with jameson crowder um, I feel like they're forcing the ball. To, I, I'm going to blame Terrell Pryor again. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> blaming Terrell Pryor for everything. He probably broke the daughter's arm last week. Uh, <laughs> like, they're trying to get him the ball. They're run, running plays for him. I think that in previous games, Chris Thompson has been eating up a lot of what would have otherwise been sort of Crowder-centric type of plays, mm-hmm. those short passes that are in place of runs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, and last night, I, you know, I have no idea. I got nothing. Who knows? <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's weird, man. I mean, he... I thought he was going to have like a 90 catch season and let's see, we, you know, we did like the over-unders on his season. I think we were both really bullish on him through four games. Jamison Crowder has 14 catches, which isn't terrible. 14 catches for 106 yards. He's on pace for a 424 yard season, which would be exactly half of his yards last season. Zero touchdowns and, and two muffed punts. Uh, yeah, the, the two muffed punts are tough start. Yeah, Crowder. It's almost like uh, maybe he was – you wonder if he was like a McVeigh guy um, and, and uh. 
you know, that, that he's sizing up real estate in Los Angeles for whenever he's a free agent. We also had a Ryan Grant setting last night. Really nice uh, short touchdown, red zone touchdown on Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, by the way, gave up two touchdowns last night. And I think he's one of like the top five corners in the league. Kind of strange given that the skins don't really even have good, good wide receivers. Um, anything else about the offense? Uh, let's see. Offensive line looked good, except for when Trent yeah. Williams went out, uh, which was terrifying. And uh, if there was any doubts as to who the real MVP of this team is, I think they were answered on that sequence. Um, I don't think these. I don't think the Skins gave up a sack. No, no sacks no, in Kansas they did City not. last night. Uh, impressive performance, especially in Kansas City has Justin Houston and just a good all-around defense. I feel like Trent Williams gets hurt like every single game. There's a moment, there's like a Trent Williams moment where you're like, oh, please don't let the Redskins' best player be hurt. And then, Do you want my, and then he's uh, back I, on the field like for the next series. I have a rationale for that, a theory for that. I think that he, uh, he, he knows enough to sort of take a playoff check and make sure he's okay, take a series off, mm-hmm. have himself check, make sure he's okay. But then he comes back in. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's basically like, um, who's the guy who uh, is like, is Cersei's uh, protector and right hand on Game of Thrones? The, the mountain. The, the mountain. mountain. Yes, he's. I feel like he's the mountain. <laughs> this may be the nerdiest thing I've ever heard you say. This is so weird. Well, at least I didn't know his name right off the top. Is Sir, <laughs> Sir is Sir Gregor right, or is that is he, that his brother yes. the Hound? No. Oh the my mountain. God! What world even is this? What is going on? <laughs> what is the Hound's real name? Uh, that would be Sandor Clegane. The Clegane, mountain would be yes. Gregor Clegane. And yes. there's a whole th- th- Thrones theory about the Clegane Bowl that needs That's to happen. Correct. But we had a Clegane Bowl opportunity in the last season, and it didn't happen. When they had well, that, really... like, meeting in the forum or whatever the fuck that was, it was like <laughs> where, the, where the dragons used to battle. Uh, anyway. Welcome back to binge mode. Um... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, okay. Before we move to the defense, I just want to mention uh, – my new company, Breaking Tea, uh, BreakingTea.com. It's not necessarily a new company, but I just started working there. Um, we made a Chris Thompson shirt last week, Chris Army Knife. Uh, we made a uh, Jason Worth shirt this week, kind of like a thank you to, to Worth for his seven-year run here. Um, as a thank you to you for listening to the podcast, uh, we have a 15% off discount at BreakingTea.com. Uh, the coupon code is Mr. iPod. That's M R I pod. And you can use that on the worth shirt, the Thompson shirt, any of the shirts that you find on the website. Okay. Was that clear enough? I, I, I had no script there, Matt. Do you think the coupon code was, was, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a great read. That? I feel like I'm excited for the soy miso salmon with Udon noodles personally. I don't even, I don't even understand that joke. It was a blue apron joke. <laughs> deep, deep cut podcast. Advertising <laughs> oh, joke. oh man. I needed like another clue there. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, better luck next now, time. Well, now that I, now that I get it, I mean, bravo. Um, Thank you. Okay. Defense. Uh, I, I just, cause I don't want to forget, uh, the moment, um, when that, the, the hit that Josh Norman laid on Travis Kelsey was like the best moment of Redskins football, 2017. That was incredible. Uh, incredible hit the way he like towered over him. It was awesome. Could you? Could you, I, I? I thought the defense's first series was pretty awesome. To to be honest, too. like, could you hear them yapping and barking when they when they were making plays on that first drive? It was like they seemed to really like playing for this coaching staff. They yeah. are fired up. Yeah, it was an attitude. I mean, coming off the the Oakland game too. I mean, because they, the first quarter in Kansas City had no points. There was the Norman hit. The next play, like Breland totally leveled a running back while being blocked. Uh, you're right. There just seems to be like they just seem so 
hype. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not used to seeing this from Redskins defense. I'm not sure. We haven't, as we were talking about last week, like we haven't really had a good defense. We've just been like no. hoping that, you know, they like keep the other team under 20 for a it, long I, time. <laughs> and and my, my, my deep, terrified negativity, like I'm convinced that we're about to have a scandal where it turns out that like, uh, I, that, that Minuski's handing out like truck stop speed to all the players, just <laughs> <laughs> mini thins all around. Yeah. Minuski, I mean, he doesn't look well. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Um, I mean, the Chiefs ended up putting 23 on the board. Um, I mean, there was that garbage touchdown at the end. Uh, but, you know, the Chiefs have a good team. Like they, And they, they're going to keep you on the field. they got a good running game, good short passing game. Kelsey is a total weapon. Like, even though they ended up losing and, and the Chiefs ended up getting, I guess, 23 on the Skins defense, I felt all around it was a really good performance. <laughs> I thought it was a good performance, too. Uh, I can't decide how to feel about Breland's uh, penalties, which tend to be, like, away from the ball and look really ticky-tack, but they uh, they converted two or three first downs as a result. Of oh, that hands to the face was mm-hmm. brutal. On a third down, the play was to the other side of the field, and he got called for hands to the face. And if I recall, it was, like, a super late flag where yeah. it was like, oh, we're already off the field. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, no, there was a... Hands to the face, 30 yards from the play. And I thought there were a couple of them, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know how to look that up quickly and easily, but mm-hmm. I, I was uh, that, that was frustrating to me. Um, the injuries on the defense are obviously going to be cause for concern, although it looks like the bye week is showing up at a good time. But my, my bigger, uh, more systemic concern with the injuries is, are these injuries sort of a function of this, like, you know, uh, cranked out mini things defense that they're playing, that they're just throwing themselves around mm. and it's leading to guys getting hurt, um, which I guess there's no way of knowing, but it's certainly something that I'm worried about. It's a theory. <laughs> it's a theory. It sure <laughs> is. Uh, four sacks. Four sacks. Uh, you always like seeing that. Terrell McLean had one. Uh, Swearinger. Preston Smith had another sack. Uh, Preston Ianitis. Smith also had seven uh, offside or, uh, you know, like false starter offside penalties, including one that was completely inaccurate. But again, uh, when you're on that much truck stop speed, it's, it's just hard to control yourself. I'm telling you, this theory holds water. Uh, truck stop speed. Uh, okay, so that penalty was really tough to stomach because it was third and goal on the one, and the Redskins stuffed them. And Kansas City was just far enough from the goal. It probably was going to be a field goal attempt. Um, you know, I, I mean, Reed could have gone for it. But in any event, he was called for a neutral zone infraction when the overhead cam even showed that, like, at best, he was, like, kind of marginally in the neutral zone, maybe. Definitely not, like, breaking the line of scrimmage. It didn't seem like the type of thing that would normally be called. And my theory on why it was called when they showed the replay is that Right before the snap, he like kind of flinched. Like he flinched enough where if he was an offensive lineman, it would be called for a false start. But on defense, it's not a penalty. And I think like the combination of the flinch plus him like sort of being in the vicinity of the neutral zone is what drew the flag. So were you saying he's flinching like someone who was on like too much Sudafed and just kind of was a little <laughs> twitchy? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean it's 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 like classic Tom Sula. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so. It, 
that there was what you were going to say. That, oh, by that the way, one, in, the ne- in the next play, it was, it's the next play, the Chiefs scored a touchdown to go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I was, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Apparently, I too am on too much cold medicine. Um, Preston Smith, by the way, who had a pretty disappointing sophomore year last year, uh, four sacks through four games. And for those yeah. that can't do math good, that's a 16-sack pace. That's basically Dexter Manley level uh, sacks. I'm um, still not good at the math, but it's definitely better than last year. Anything else on the defensive side? I mean, there was a. I feel like a lot of guys got hurt. Um, a lot of guys. Both, I think, uh, two of the safeties, uh, Monte Nicholson and DeShazer Everett, I think, were hurt. Norman has a rib injury, I think. Uh, hopefully, he'll be better after the bye, but that would be a tough loss. Um, I, I like the way uh, usually the, somebody gets injured and they're like, yeah, we're not saying anything. He may or may not be back in this game. And last night, for some reason, he left the field and they were immediately like, yeah, he's out for at least a few weeks. Uh, that was strange. Um, <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Gruden connection. <laughs> uh, that's right. It's got like, a direct line. <laughs> do you think they have like a twin bond? Like when one of them feels pain, the other one cries out? <laughs> uh no, well, maybe, maybe they could, maybe they would cry from physical pain, but I don't think the, the Gruden's would would show actual human emotion um, in that way. Um, which one's older? Is John's John's older, right? Yeah, I think John's older. I, I think I think John is. I think somebody made a reference to it last night. Also, uh, somebody on Twitter was joking about how uh, John Gruden appears to like Andy Reid better than his little brother, mm. um, which harsh, but possibly fair. Yeah, possibly. Um, anything else on the defensive side? Uh, nothing, nothing that we need to discuss at the moment. I don't think you. Yeah, nothing's really jumping out at me. Um, I was just, I, was, I gotta say, I was just so excited. I gotta repeat, so excited the way they started the game, and I know by the end they were worn down. Um, which is probably a good segue to the coaching because I don't know if this is even something that's worth criticizing, but the thought did cross my mind. With the in the fi- Redskins' final drive, they get down uh, to about the twenty. It's second and two. There's like a minute left. They got all three timeouts. They do some like pretty poorly conceived run play that gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage. And now it's third and two. They're at the 20-ish. There's like 55 seconds or something. They, again, have all three timeouts. Gruden calls a timeout. And yeah. I, I, in that moment, I'm like, if they don't get this, they're going to kick a field goal tie the game and give the chiefs enough time, <laughs> enough time to come down, which is exactly what happened. Now, I don't know if in, in retrospect, like that's that, that concern was validated, but I, I don't know that like you can really criticize them for taking the time out there. I just, I just, I just wish that they had milked it a little more because at the 20 with three timeouts, I mean, they really didn't need 50 plus seconds. It does feel like uh, Gruden can be a little jumpy with his timeouts, but again, like everybody was so gassed, there was so much going on. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't have a huge problem with that one. I thought. I think he's calling a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, you know whether it's it's um, uh, motivation or cheap drugs. I think the defensive coaches are really onto something there. I think mm-hmm. whoever the uh, I'm forgetting the name of the new D backs coach. Um, but I think he seems to have something going on. I, it just feels watching them like such a better organization from the sidelines to the field, to everything else. It's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of unsettling. I don't know really what to make of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure if they start, if they put together a win streak, uh, 
we'll get some shots at the owner's box and then it'll feel less like a better run organization. But uh, for now I'm okay. I thought the coaching, yeah, you could nitpick things like that, but I was, I had no complaints. Well, the other factor there, uh, I mean, I don't know that I would have gone for it on fourth down, but I felt like if that game went to overtime, the Redskins are losing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, they were pretty heavy underdogs. The chiefs had had the ball like 40 of the 60 minutes a lot of the momentum of the game was, I think, on the Chiefs' side. Like they really needed, they really needed seven there. Um, but well, yeah. well, actually, let me say this: I, they were probably losing, but a, a lot would have depended on the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And if they won the coin toss, I would have believed they had a touchdown drive in them. Uh, if they lost the coin toss. Um, or had to settle for a field goal, I would have called it game over for the Redskins. And, I mean, shout-out to Gruden earlier in the game. I can't remember what the situation was other than fourth down. it was fourth and one on, like, yeah. the 29 or 30 or something. like. It would have been, like, a kind of a long field goal, but not, you know, certainly not outside of the realm of attempting a field goal. And they went for it on fourth and one, ended up getting it. Uh, anything else on coaching? Uh, nothing for me. I, I like, I just, it's strange, but I was not sitting there constantly worried they were going to make a horrible decision, which I, I'm not used to at all. But it was nice and to I'm see. thinking of the last play too, where the Redskins had like four seconds from the 25, uh, you know, to have like a flea flicker or something. Mm-hmm. That was a uh, pretty poor, poorly constructed flea flicker attempt. But I'm thinking, was that Crowder's only catch? Because he had one catch for negative seven yards. I think that might have been his only catch because they threw it out to the left to him to, to kind of initiate that play. I think you're correct. What, what are your thoughts on the flea flicker as a final play of the game thing? I mean, what else are you going to do? Throw it up and basically hope you draw the pass interference penalty. Um, oh. I mean, you, you could throw it up hoping you actually score, but I think that the two positive outcomes of a long pass are possible score and pass interference penalty. Uh, the negative outcomes are incomplete and interception. Whereas the negative outcomes of these flea flicker, flicker plays, there's just so many times where it can go wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, like, what shit? It wasn't happening. <laughs> it wasn't happening. Regardless, when does it happen? I mean, the yeah. the Saints had one. What was it? Probably 15 years ago now, or something. Um, where I remember it working, uh, and then they missed the extra point, and it wound up not working. But like point is I can think of the times that I've seen these like hook and lateral or flea flicker plays work, uh, you know, count them on the f- one hand and a hail Mary. Those, those work cousins supposedly has a pretty strong arm. Like, you know, try it or do something weird, you know, do set up what looks like a flea flicker, but have prior be the one receiving it. And he's a former quarterback. Let him then throw the hail Mary. I mean, now I, I think they would get, ridiculed for attempting a Hail Mary from the 25 yard line because cousins is not going to throw it past like the 20, but I think there's better chance of, of either having a, a PI and maybe getting another play or mm-hmm. like a tip drill type of play, you yeah. know, where it's like, okay, prior just bat the ball in the general direction, like a jump ball in, in basketball um, and hope for the best. Actually, I'm in, I'm in love with a variation on, on what I just said, mm-hmm. which, which, it's almost like, do you remember um, when they would use uh, Brian Mitchell and Desmond Howard uh, on kick returns and they would do that play where they threw it across the field? The same play that wound up being uh, for the Bills. Oh, like, and like the, the, the Titans, the home run throwback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, something like that. But because everybody's looking for 
the hook and lateral, if on the last play you you started with what looked like that kind of thing, basically what they did for Crowder, but do it to Pryor, and then rely on his arm and have Crowder streaking down the opposite sideline oh, on the yeah, go, yeah. I, I think that could be a lot of fun. This is the most pointless conversation I've ever no, had in no, my life. No, no, this is, this is good material for my Turkey Bowl football game. Uh, good. We need, some, we need some gadget plays. <laughs> anything well, else on, I am here for you. Anything else on coaching or the broadcast? Again, I was just like – you know, deep into the archives. <laughs> there is the, something the petty something, playlist. Something about Sean McDonough's play-by-play calls. He reminds me of a guy who is on like a teleconference that you're on, who you're really not excited to listen to. So you just kind of start thinking about other things, and then you realize yeah. you've you've been uh, somebody's passed you the ball, and you're like, oh, oh uh, I'm supposed to what? Like that's how I feel about McDonough. I don't remember anything he says. Uh, I don't. He makes no impression on me. Uh, he just has the voice of somebody who's passing you in the airport it's really i don't know i'm not a fan you've painted quite a picture um thank you I, I, you know I, i'll validate that by saying i had no recollection of him being the monday night football play-by-play man like he was on last night and i was like when did where, where's mike Tarico? what happened what happened here <laughs> I, was this is this his first game like where have i been um okay so two and two heading into the bye they come out of the bye they've got san francisco and then a monday nighter at Philly. It's kind of weird. Two games against the Eagles without playing the Cowboys or the, or the Giants yet. Um, but yeah, I'll, you know, given the way that the season has broken so far with like the Eagles look pretty good, the Rams look pretty good, uh, the Raiders pre-car were a good team, the Chiefs have you know been better than expected. For them to be 2-2 two and two and for them to have you know, played the way they've played the last, I'd say, three weeks, I'm pretty content. Pretty content at the quarter mark. Yeah, I would say they vastly exceeded my expectations, taking all those things into account. Looking at the record, it's kind of like, well, yep, the two and two was the best you could hope for. But looking at how they got to that two and two and what the other teams are doing, I totally agree with you. It, uh, it's a surprisingly content two and two. Yeah. And I mean, I guess there's missed opportunity last night. And if Doxon had caught that ball and they won that game, I'm not sure I could have handled this next two weeks, just in terms of like, I, f- I probably would have been kind of like if I was on some some truck stop <laughs> speed or whatever it is that Tom Sula is handing out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess that's it. Uh, thank you, Mr. Irrelevant podcast listeners. Remember to go to breakingt.com. Use the coupon code MRIPOD. I think that's still going to be in effect until Thursday. Get yourself a 15% off discount. Grab the Chris Army Knife t-shirt. Uh, very clever. I'm, 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 I'm proud of that one. Chris Army Knife nickname. Nobody uses it, but I like it. Um, and Matt, thank you for joining us as always. Uh, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Yes, indeed. <laughs>